right, and we are live. Welcome, fiends, to Handle a Whisker, presented by the Slashing Cast Podcast Network. We are a horror horror uh, podcast discussing horror movies and the phobias that they emphasize. And with me tonight, as always, are both of my co-hosts. We have Holly, Hooch, and John. Guys, here we are, slowly winding down the month in our fear of age uh, deep dive with Jeroscophobia. And, you know, we got some pretty cool stuff in the works for next month, which we'll be talking about later on tonight as we are doing back-to-back recordings. Uh, But I'm excited because this is kind of like our first foray into kind of like a specific period of horror releases uh, with tonight's election, which was, of course, one of John's picks. Uh, So, John, why don't you go ahead and introduce what we'll be talking about tonight? So the man who could cheat death which I wanted to go with kind of a classic old school horror movie hammer, but not, it's not obviously one of the Dracula or Frankenstein, but it does have Christopher Lee mm-hmm. in it. And I can't remember the main actor's name at this point. Amazon something. So, <laughs> and uh, it's a classic sort of slow paced kind of slow burn horror movie about a guy who's trying to prolong his life and his youth through science, mad science. And he's kind of a hip, cool guy. He's an oh, artist. He's an artist. That's why the ladies <laughs> and he's a doctor. And, and he's a ladies, doctor. He's a doctor. <laughs> all the ladies love him and want and all the guys want to be it him. It makes no sense, but yeah. <laughs> he puts up ladies in this movie for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. Really hot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Classic, going back to the cl- 1950s, 1959, uh, the very early years of Hammer. I think they'd only just put out Dracula, wow. maybe before that. Only a couple of movies they'd put out at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so kind of uh, going old school with this one. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, you know, last week we had Lore Galore in The Taken of Deborah Logan. And tonight we got, you know, a bit of a throwback. And I have to say, like, I haven't seen a ton of Hammer films. Now, is this movie going to change my mind on whether or not I go pursue more Hammer films? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I will say, like, I, I was entertained, but the... When do you when it everything like starts to happen? I was like, okay, but like, why did this happen? And then I'm like, oh, that's that's an interesting elixir. Why is he doing that? So like the si- the science the science like aspect of it, I thought was interesting because it kind of like borrows some similar trends to like other things that we've kind of seen. Uh, but then when it got to the end, I sat there and I was like, oh, I guess that happened <laughs> just with the way that it ends because like I'm just like. Trying to be like, why wouldn't you just leave? Okay, we're just going to uh, burn here. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say real quick, and I mentioned this before when we were kind of talking about this, or we actually watched this uh, Mm -hmm. together, Mm -hmm. and I was saying this movie is like, in a modern horror movie, this movie is like what would be playing on TV in one of the characters in the background, right? where they always have like a weird like cheesy old horror movie playing that's that's this movie it's got all that kind of classic like putting the light under the character's face so that it puts the heavy shadow like when you put the flashlight under your light mm-hmm. under your face for like halloween style um 
and all the kind of classic old school horror tropes. Mm-hmm. I will say all of uh, the main, the, the leading actresses outfits were so fucking good. <laughs> I was like, we're sitting there late at night. We're getting pretty drunk. I'm like, fucking good dress. So <laughs> I was pretty impressed with everything she wore. That was fucking, I mean, I, look, I'm already cursing up a storm. <laughs> to address your point, definitely this isn't a movie that's going to convert people mm-hmm. to be it's a slower one yeah really like the first dracula movie that they put out is a good one to start with if you want to check out something that'll kind of pull you into those movies or the the frank stick with the dracula or frankenstein movies with peter cushing Mm -hmm. because those are significantly better but i did want to just sort of pull in hammer on the uh Fear of aging, so you had to go with this, and it is kind of a classic, even though it's a highly rated classic, even though it's really not as good as many of the other movies that they would end up putting out. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know that we couldn't remember the lead actor's name, Anton for sure, and then I can't remember the last name. But uh, I was, uh, you know, just doing a little bit of homework and and um, you know, copying off of some of our fellow reviewers. Did you know that he was a refugee from Germany and that, that apparently a lot of uh, German refugees played Nazis in movies? But that was pretty interesting. And he played some Nazis too. Okay, he played some Nazis. Not and surprising. he he had to flee because he was a gay man. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I, it, he would have been in danger for sure. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I that was weird. This movie actually has a pretty good pedigree considering that he's a really established actor. The writer, I think, is also a writer and the director as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, of course, Christopher Lee, a very young Christopher Lee. Super dashing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so between Christopher Lee and the outfits that the lady was wearing, like I was pretty happy about them. Right. So uh, this is actually based on a play, The Man in Half Moon Street, by... Uh, Barry Lyndon, which was previously filmed in 1945. Uh, and, you know, kind of like the story revolves around this doctor, uh, Benet, played by Anton uh, Diffrin, uh, as the actor, and his quest for eternal life. Uh, so in order to maintain his, you know, youthful appearance, uh, the doctor has to extract this specific gland from uh, the living every 10 years. And, you know, only one man right now is capable of doing this sort of operation, that being Dr. Wise. Uh, So Wise recently had suffered from a stroke, uh, which does kind of like come into play because he is looking to find a successor uh, in order to, you know, continue to do these sort of operations for the doctor. Uh, That way, you know, Benet can, you know, live further in, in uh, in his life, which is you know, pretty lengthy, which we'll get into later on, because uh, that is kind of like one of the twists towards the third act of the movie. Uh, but, you know, with Wise unable to, you know, perform this sort of operation again, he's really just trying to find someone to fit the bill. Uh, and really, there's only one person that they're looking at, and that is one of the other surgeons, Pierre Girard, uh, who is played by the very dashing Christopher Lee. Uh, so you kind of have this conflict of interest at play here because you have Gerard who just so happens to be in love with the same woman as Bonet. <laughs> Go figure, they're both smitten by the same woman because, uh, you know, what what old movie would it not be without for, a, you know, a love triangle in this case. But, you know, the, the whole time I'm just thinking about like, you know, they're having this party and this guy's like a sculptor 
And, you know, at, at one point, like, this is like when the investigation is starting to open. He's like, oh, you know, he's, you know, this bus still there. And I'm just thinking the entire time, yeah, you just want to see that chick naked because all the bus are from, you know, the waist up. Because you don't yeah. really, you don't really see, like, the full cleavage of, you know, the women in them as good as the dresses are in it. So that, that was like a, a running joke when we were watching this on Tuesday night. It's just like, it's just like, oh yeah, we just have this uh, storage room full of smut, or bus in this case, uh, to varying degrees. And, you know, some of them were a lot older than others. But it's just like, we didn't really get any of that. And then, you know, we also watched The Hunger after that, which we'll be talking about uh, later tonight. And then it's like, so we got smut in bus form. And then we basically had a movie that's really only a cult classic because of a very specific scene, <laughs> which is also smut involved. So, you know, we kind of got like a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. So it was kind of like a good uh, comparison piece in this case. You know, you mentioned that it uh, mentioned them as companion pieces to each other. Um, we got the same sense when we were watching them week. Wait, yes. When was that? Saturday. The <laughs> days are just flying by. So, uh, but for a really specific reason. And uh, John, I thought you were really clever when you were bringing up how they both treat the fear of aging um, as or they portray people that are fearing aging as addicts, mm. which I thought was really neat. Now that's, like you know, mm -hmm. and that's been used, you know, very in various movies, but uh, now that I think about it, a lot of which is, you know, plays a lot into uh, the fear of dying or the fear of aging, and in this movie in particular, like, it's just, yeah, that's a, I can't think of one where they don't use the addict mm. sort of, I don't know, metaphor. Yeah, is and, that accurate? Uh, you know what? Yeah, and vampires are kind of that a bit to a certain extent, which of course uh, the hunger is basically a vampire. But we won't go there yet. Not yet. Uh, not yet. <laughs> but uh, and yeah, it's for, for him. It's definitely for Doctor. What was it again? Doctor wrote is Bonet. Is that Christopher Lee? No, 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 that's, no. That's Anton. Yeah, yeah, Anton. Yeah, that as being head of like a drug addict. Um, in the way that he uses it and needs it, and, and his need for precision timing and, and a better watch. My favorite was, was an indescript bottle of green goo next to, I guess, a, a little measuring beaker, but it just looked like a little shot glass. Mm -hmm. And he always has to get it out of the shot glass. I'm like, really? Really? You've been doing this for like freaking like 80 years? <laughs> and it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Rebo. Mm -hmm. uh, the genetic opera too uh, where in the beginning of the movie we see him going and extracting uh, the the fluid or whatever from people he's killing people to get his fluid and, 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 and extracting it with a needle from their head or their face or something it's always amazing I love the, uh, the, the possibility that science can sort of fix this really unfixable problem well I mean there's no reason why I mean good but uh, I just love that in, in movies that it's just like, well, science. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That'll fix everything. And I certainly grew up thinking science could fix everything. Well, they are working on that, of course. Like mm -hmm. slowing the aging. Stem cells. So, you can on your face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they never go into the science or the experiments exactly of what he's doing or how he's creating it. 
He's coming to save. Let me show where the gland. Oh, actually, the gland is from inside, right? Yeah. Yeah. The reason this movie is lacking in some lore <laughs> of, you know, why does he have? We see him with his early on in the movie with his toxic hand where he burns her face yeah. and her arm by touching him, but that's never quite explained. He fucked her up too. Like that. That, that stayed on her. I liked that twist, by the way. Oh, she, the we th- just assumed, of course, that she died, but she was still alive and went crazy. That was actually that a, was really like, neat. I did not expect. And then she gets her revenge. Yep, but not to jump ahead. Not to jump quick, ahead, but... right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. So, like, one of, one of the connecting things uh, with this movie is how, like, all of these beautiful women just so happen to be disappeared around the time uh, that the doctor needs this uh, infusion, basically. And that's what ends up uh, opening the investigation, as it does happen every ten years. Uh, now, the inspector asked uh, Gerard about Margot uh, and the bust, but, you know, he... he he ends up lying about it, saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, um, you know, like, it was destroyed earlier today, and, uh, you know, everyone at the party was just like, hey, man, like, it, it's it's still here. Uh, but he basically just chalked it up to being like, oh, yeah, well, if the cops took it, they would have damaged it, and uh, that would have been the end of his work. He was very particular about that. What's that all about? That didn't, did they have an explanation other than he wanted, wanted to make sure nobody messed with it, or...? I don't think. I mean, he other and they also kind of revealed at the end that he was bus of all of his victims. Right, all of his girlfriends. He was, you know, yeah, he was killing them and taking their gland, mm-hmm. their indescript gland, which does seem sort of unusual to be sort of a high profile artist who, like, socially is high profile and then killing your models. And they're like, well, that's why I had to leave Italy. Like, okay, so we went one country over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mixing with the same crowd. But, I mean, I, I'm being a little critical, but I really, I actually did enjoy it quite a bit. And uh, my favorite part was uh, 1890 or 1889 Paris. Here's the Eiffel Tower. It immediately had to go to my I'm like, when that fucker go up? <laughs> All right, we're good, we're good. <laughs> yeah, it went up like a year before the, year before the movie takes place. Six place. Although somehow I doubt they actually checked. I'm sure they just assumed it was mm-hmm. there. Or, uh, leave you just from memory, like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, 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 and I, one thing that I wanted to do, uh, I, think, I was hoping that we could read post release Wikipedia page, but we can leave that for the end. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, a, a lot of like the middle ground of this is just like trying to find Wise's successor. Uh, and Gerard is basically the one who is trying to get. You know, that role, uh, he's very reluctant to accept it, but he has, like, some conditions like, hey, you know, you, ha- you know, you have to show me how to do this, you have to have your presence there. Uh, but of course, you know, with all of those lion conditions, things don't exactly go as planned. Uh, and, you know, there's always some sort of trouble afoot. Uh, so Wise ends up disappearing, leaving uh, Gerard to back out of the operation. So you have... Bonet, who at the time is holding Janine, uh, who is, you know, the shared love interest in this case. Uh, she's being held hostage, and he confronts... Sort of. Yeah, sort of. And uh, confronts Gerard with uh, facts as to, like, what he's been working on over all of these years. Uh, so Ger- Gerard is basically put in this position where he realizes that he doesn't really have a choice but to help Janine, uh, and he opts to perform this operation on Bonet, 
uh, which he fakes. <laughs> so here, so here you have like Monet thinking like he's all fine and good. Definitely not the case. And then you know we get to see like the Asian process. Uh, but you know it it's it it's interesting because here you have like this doctor who appears to be you know mid thirties. Uh, and, you know, he's keeping his youth despite the fact that he's actually 104 years old, uh, which is, you know, later revealed. And I thought that was a pretty unique twist because, like, you knew, obviously, this guy has lived a pretty lengthy life. Otherwise, he wouldn't be having this sort of operation done to him. And we had seen how many busts there were. So we kind of, like, have an idea of what the time frame was with 10-year intervals. Uh, but I, I didn't... I didn't know if like the elixir aspect of it was like a backup to like slow the process like because the one doctor was running late and that was kind of like an ongoing theme in the movie and that's why he was trying to like rush things along so it kind of felt like the elixir was just a way to like prolong the effect but it wasn't something that was permanent no in fact i mean if i remember correctly they were saying how uh the elixir only comes in at the tail end of the 10 years like, once he gets that operation, he's good for, like, apparently nine and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then the very end is when he needs to be using this elixir in order to keep keep himself going, right? And then, of course, these glands, they don't last very long. So if the guy isn't there to make that operation, he has to keep going out and, and getting more glands, which he does at the beginning. There's no way to say that word. More glands. glands. <laughs> and he's got to get, I mean, like, the beginning of the movie, he's killing people very uh, Jack Ripperish style. Mm -hmm. Which was pretty fun. Yeah. And then it kind of throws you off because you kind of think the movie's going in a different direction. <laughs> well, I want to say that's another good aspect of the movie and a good twist in the movie that was done well was that when we meet the initial relationship between the older doctor and the young doctor, we automatically assume that the older doctor was his mentor and that yeah. that's, they're really close because they had a mentor and student right. relationship. And then you get the twist that they were actually contemporaries back in the early 1800s and that he hasn't been aging the whole time, but that the other doctor had. And, and it's kind of fun, too, because the other doctor, the older doctor, he's very like, have you figured it out? Have you, have you figured out like how to do this? Because he wants to also benefit yeah. from... The other doctor's discoveries, uh, Dr. Benet's discoveries, and hopefully help him because he's had a stroke and he can't perform surgeries anymore. And uh, that was actually really well done. And then that weird, like, psychotic excuse as to why not share the discovery with the world, which was like, well, just imagine it overpopulation, you know, shortage of food. I'm like, you got a little bit of a point, but also it's evil. Well, it's also, it was also the side of, like, well, if no one is dying, then there's no glands to actually use. That's right. Well, no, and it, it, it's actually, like, a good, I liked that point when he brought that up, because that's not, I don't think something people thought about a lot back then, but that is a bigger issue now that, like, as we prolong our lifespans and, and we populate more and more, like, sort of creating situations that are happening now you know things uh in that kind of way because i mean back in the the lifespan off the top of my head i'm just sort of generalizing but in that time in the 1800s i think the average lifespan was probably something like 50 or 60 years uh like uh call it 65 
and I'm pretty <laughs> sure we basically ex- extended On the average, average lifespan yeah. close to like 20 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, now people live to be 80, 90, 100 years old. Back then, you were old when you were 60. Because there's so not a lot of medicine, not a lot of, you know. Now 60s is the new 30s, so you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> and so we are kind of accomplishing what we try to do. Mm-hmm. I wish we could do it better, though. Because I feel like the quality of life should stay up there. Mm-hmm. Instead of turning Ooh, green. It's like you're into this, this, yeah, not turning green and having acidic hands. <laughs> Just never, yeah, never quite explain. <laughs> and why, like, only, only when he needed the potion, because he certainly could touch the ladies. If he didn't, if he wasn't turning, if he wasn't hulking out. Yeah, it was only when he had, he, we were calling it hulking out. <laughs> he also seemed really upset. So it's like he totally seemed like he was hulking out. Yep, absolutely. I mean, what else can you think of when it's primarily just green? Uh, but, you know, like there's this whole com- uh, confrontation between Wise and Bonet. Uh, after, you know, Wise discovers that, you know, the newest glands that he's been using have been from the, uh, you know, living people instead of, you know, being kind of like revitalized from a corpse, which is what they had been doing. Uh, so when Wise confronts Benet about it, uh, he's basically like, you know, this is just unjustified. Uh, and Benet just responds back that, uh, yeah, like, sure, the glands were revitalized, but, you know, they'd all died because you were late, you know, like he's, you know, you He's just looking at his watch constantly throughout the, like this whole movie, and you know, Wise just flips out and ends up destroying the elixir to prevent you know Benet from continuing the work, and that's you know kind of when you have that confrontation where he's just grabbing Wise by the neck to strangle him to death. But you know, it, it is very funny because like when you see that sort of deterioration, you know, it it's a quick like uh, mood change. You also have like the discoloration of the eyes. You know, you start to see like the acidic effect. Or, like, the burn effects from the hands, which I thought was interesting, which we kind of saw earlier in the movie, too, when he puts his uh, his hand on the one, uh, you know, model's mouth. And, like, when that happened, I was just like, wait, what? Like, I, that's what I wish I knew more about, because, like, at w- what's happening? Is it, are, are they just saying that, you know, he's deteriorating, so, like, his body is acidic? Like, I, I did not understand what was happening in that moment, because it just, it's not clear to the viewer, which is unfortunate, but it's set up to be like, well, he's kind of like zombified in a way, but that wouldn't really explain why he has this capability. Yeah, I wonder if the play explained it more, since it is based on a play. I feel like that may have been more of the, in the story, possibly. I'd like to check that out. But yeah, they really kind of gloss over that. They definitely focus on the relationships and the in, the characters in like the science part, the mad science part is kind right. of put to the side a bit for mm-hmm. sure. Right, because I mean there wasn't that much mad science. I mean like the 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 formula was just kept in a safe in his office, <laughs> and, and he didn't really. Have and Christopher that. Lee just took did the operation on a couch in his office. <laughs> Although my favorite part, of, well, one of my favorite parts in the movie was when he's looking for a substitute surgeon and, you know, he goes to like reputable doctors and they're like, no, no can do. That's too creepy. And then he goes to that really gross, dirty doctor. <laughs> yeah, the drug doctor. And he's like, all right, you're going to do this. He's like, yeah, I'm good. He's taking a swig of booze and he's like, 
You want to forget it. <laughs> he just leaves. Yeah, he's like the booze steadies my hand. It steadies my hand. I can drive better with it, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Talk to everybody in the car. Good. I can't let you touch my glond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Then he has to resort to kidnapping uh, uh-huh. the, the model to well, force. He, did he kidnap? Did, did he, he? Did he just talk her into going over there, or did he actually? Did he, no, like, he sedate her? Yeah, he prisoned in his underground dungeon with the uh, with the woman but that from wasn't, before. I thought that wasn't his house. I thought that was like the freaking like train depot or something. Oh, was that like or his storage like his storage the, yeah. compartment at a train train depot or something? Yeah, yeah, like in the London underground. Did he like freak her out and she faint and then he took her over, or did he like chloroform her or something? Or what? Can't remember that now. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. Know. It was late. You were yeah. drinking. But uh, yeah, and so he has to force. Christopher Lee into right. the operation. Mm-hmm. But of course, that was a good one too. That was a nice twist. In the, that was another successful one because you, you kind of think it would be like this, it's going to be very it's straightforward and I'll just do it. But then he was like, ah, I didn't do anything. I, was like, ah, I got so excited. <laughs> I did I Christopher Lee. Well, it was hilarious because he was like, I love like the his bedside manner, like, well, we're done with your operation. You should be fine. You should be able to walk around and run and back, you know, backstab me. Like it's just hilarious how uh, easily of a recovery this operation is, which makes me think like, why didn't he just learn how to do the operation as fucking self? <laughs> right. Why not? And maybe if it was a weird angle, mm-hmm. get it. But even then, like he's got a hundred years or seventy-four years to figure out how to use a, a series of mirrors and you know. And they didn't really explain what the operation was. It was the gland. Like, he was going to get, like, a permanent gland replacement. No, well, the operation, it wasn't a permanent gland. It was just another substitute gland. It was just Mm -hmm. another 10 years of life. Right. It wasn't going to fix anything. It was just going to prolong them. He was going to make it up to 114. That would have been accomplished. Yeah, I I did... I did really like when they were in the storage unit, though, when, like, Janine's down there with him, and, you know, he's showing, like, all his prior work, and he's like, oh, here, here's this thing that I crafted when I was 12 years old, and she's, like, dusting it off, and you can see, like, it clearly says 1798 on it, and she's, like, doing the math in her head, like, out loud. (laughs) I'm like, that can't be right, that would make you, like, 104 years old. Everybody was so good at math in this movie, because I was, like, uh, I was doing the math, I woke up, and I'm like, <laughs> she beat me to it. <laughs> it was late. We were drinking. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh right, but that, that I thought that was a great scene. Um he had a it was really nice to see him go that step further in the transformation. So that was fun. And it was annoying that it wasn't until he was pretty horrifying that she was like, All right, I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was also cool for her to see her um her romantic rival in such a, a bad state and she tries to comfort her and man, she got messed up bad. I mean, she's still wearing that same dress from the first scene. Her face is still messed up. And I'm like, have you been feeding her regularly? I mean, I guess so. Cause it's only been like two weeks, right? A week, not even a week. Right. Cause they had the party and then she stayed over the night by, not by accident, but the, that blonde, you know, didn't go home and that's why she got killed. And then it was like the next day. So okay, so it's only been like two days. She's been a few. It's not been that many. Three days she tomorrow. Went, she went crazy down she went, there. Well, I bet she. Well, these uh, women in Hammer Horror Classics have 
such delicate dispositions. Yeah. <laughs> like go crazy over anything. <laughs> and I also want to point out that this was a movie where Christopher Lee got to play the good guy. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing with him and Hammer Horror was that they always wanted him to play Dracula mm-hmm. and they would never give him roles where oh. he didn't play Dracula. And it, he, it really annoyed him and made him want to you know, stop making those movies and go do other things. And so this was kind of like one of maybe two or three of all the Hammer Horror movies where he isn't playing uh, Dracula or a bad guy. <laughs> Oh, can we talk about the apartment? The never-ending apartment that had like five, ten different rooms. Oh, the thing was quaint. <laughs> that was the nicest apartment. Yeah, they would be talking in one room with a fireplace and, and a, a green wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very special green wallpaper and badass couches. And then they would like get up, and everybody would walk to another room, and then they would continue the conversation in a red room. Yeah, yeah and, do and big old windows. I was like, shit, that's yeah. a nice room. And he's got like his office and the library. I'm like, God damn, I guess there are, you know, apartments. it's not in my world. Yeah, remember, is- remember when houses actually had libraries? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, excuse me, I have a corner with three books over here. <laughs> that's a, this is one of the things about uh, Hammer movies and the British film industry that's good is that they have a smaller industry and it's more enclosed and more kind of formalized. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those sets and costumes and things are things that kind of exist for other, for other purposes. And so they, these are low budget movies, but they have access to really good quality costumes and sets and things like that. It looks a lot better than if you compare things to like, um, what's his name? Uh, the American, famous American low-budget filmmaker. Uh, no, um, before that. Uh, the famous low-budget 60s uh, filmmaker who did all the um, Edgar Allan Poe movies with... Oh, Vincent Price. With Vincent Price. Um, those movies, like, if you look at the sets and yeah, costumes, like, are Lord not up to the level. Everything styrofoam or whatever. Mm-hmm. Things feel like really feel like a set, whereas these are sets in the Hammer movies, but just feel a lot better, higher quality. And they're over in Europe. They probably have like old furniture somebody donated that was like four hundred years old. Supposed <laughs> over over here where nothing's older than yeah. they have to build it all from scratch. Mm-hmm. Roger Corn. That's oh, okay. Roger Corn. Yeah, like all those kind of Edgar Allan Poe. Those are great. Yeah. Uh, is it time to read the Wikipedia page of a certain Mr. Christopher Lee? Um, I'm trying he's to think. There. I'm trying to think of like what else we need to talk about. Okay, so Mar- Margaret was found in prison, which was one of the other twists. Oh, yes. Still being alive at this point, she's completely batshit crazy. Uh, also being held in the storage room. Uh, you know, we talked about the faked operation, uh, in which case Bonet rushes to the storeroom as Pierre, uh, and the investigator are basically, like, following in pursuit. And, you know, at this point, he just wants Janine to, uh, have the same operation so that the two of them can, you know, live forever, uh, so they can be, you know, forever young and forever beautiful, uh, in this case. But, you know, Janine refuses, uh, and Bonet begins to, uh, decompose and age rapidly. 
Uh, and of course, of course, we we have to talk about the pivotal scene. We have a lamp throw. Finally, it's been it's been a while, but in this case, it's an oil lamp because of the time. Uh, and of course, what happens? The room goes ablaze, and uh, poor Janine is uh is there, but luckily she gets rescued by Pierre as uh, Benet and Margot die in the flames. And that's when I'm just like. Okay, <laughs> like she's not, not even trying to make an attempt to like get out. Nope, we're no. just going to burn here. What was it? You said a, a lamp throw? Yeah, she threw a, a, an oil lamp. Yeah, it was an but oil it, lamp. I, but I, oh yeah, definitely. But I missed, was that, is that like a thing that you guys have brought up before? Well, a long time ago, we did a fear of children. That was like our very first uh, fear, actually, oh, yeah, our very first fear. And one of the movies that we did was called uh, Happy Birthday. Birthday massacre, killer kids and their birthdays. <laughs> I can't remember, but it was about these three little kids that are that. Uh, well, let's not get into it too much. But long story short, they're evil, they're bad, and somebody takes one of them down by throwing just a straight up lamp at them. Nice. Twelve year olds, so they're pretty small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can just knock them out with them. You can nice. just knock them out with a lamp. Yep. And they're like smaller than the average too. Yeah. So anytime there's any sort of lamp throw, I always pop you for it. <laughs> <laughs> start a fire in that movie. No, no, that one just knocked a kid out. It wasn't oh, like okay. Yeah. But uh, I, I was say, like, so he's obsessed with Janine getting this operation, but she's like 26 or yeah. not even like like 24. She's like, she's got a couple years, dude. Like, she, she doesn't need it today. You should worry about yourself. That's it. Yeah, she's not. She's not gonna sag in that period, you know. Yeah, and even then, <laughs> it's only like, and they and they do, of course, the reveal of all the busts as we mentioned before. That was cool. I like that a lot. Which is good. Like this for many Janines. And he mentions, uh, you know, the different uh, time, the different locations that he's moved from mm-hmm. city to city and country to country, you know, continuing his little thing, which also kind of connects a bit with the next movie, uh, The Hunger, right. where it's kind of like this legacy of victims that the yeah. main character is left behind and kind well, of like makes like a memorial of, which we'll get into with the hunger. But, uh, and of course, you know, we're, we're in uh, San Francisco and they mentioned that one of his locations that he I was like, bus was San Francisco. I got excited. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that, it was there. And it, that, that must have been like in the, if you. It, it well, this was eighteen, you know, eighty nine or ninety eight. It was ninety eight, right? It would have been like Wild West kind of. Well, stuff. yeah, because I mean, San Francisco was established in the eighteen forties, so yeah, like not that it not that much development. Early on, for sure. No wonder I went back to London. I mean. <laughs> And it, there was sort of an implication. I don't know if they were doing it on purpose that he that he was sort of maybe was Jack the Ripper or something like oh, that. Oh, you know? and you mean not just like the initial the way they were showing it. And I think so. They may have like one of the the. I think the police investigator character sort of. Oh, I don't know gotcha. if you mentioned Jack the Ripper, but it sort of felt like they were implying that he and, could have been. And given the time and the, and, and the place, right? I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I have to think, you know, that first kill with the, the old man in the park. My first thought was like, well, at least it wasn't some prostitute. That sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't. 
that's like yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> in Hammer horror movies, the the street walking so poor sex worker, yeah, they yeah. get it a lot, <laughs> and then they get it a lot. Which of course is again based on Jack the Ripper <laughs> and his, those stories. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you know, it's funny because it's like the movie gets kind of good ratings overall, even though it's definitely not the best of the whole, the hammer horror movies, but it does. It's funny. Cause it does a lot of things, right. It just kind of like falls down. Ultimately. I think it's a little slow in the middle. Yeah. It's a little bit slow and it doesn't explain things well enough. Right. But it does a bunch of parts. Well, where it kind of sustains you through the movie, where it's still kind of an enjoyable watch, even though. And all of the actors are really solid. Yeah, they, they held my attention. Yeah. yeah, all the. So that was that was pretty. Even with uh, Anton's ever so slightly overacting, but it was like he was he was dying. Marcy was gonna overreact. He's a good mad scientist. I like mad scientists, and I kind of. They needed to put him in a lab coat and give him a lab to work on his formula, at least for a scene. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever saw a lab. Nope. No. Or anybody washing their hands. We kind of needed that. Uh, but. Yeah. yeah. And kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not a prolonging or no, a fear of age. That's just back. Yeah. But it, it does have those kind of touchstones, uh, if you will, with mm-hmm. reanimator, the kind of classic. Is there any more connections? I mean, we were talking a little bit about how the fear of aging is, is uh, seems to be regularly associated with like being an addict. Like that's, I mean, it's exciting, but is there any other that kind of? of- Chasing the dragon, chasing, chasing that yeah. feeling kind of thing where you're trying to prolong a good thing. Oh, prolong a good thing. Unnaturally prolong that good feeling of youth. And- Sorry, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just relating. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that never works out. I mean, this is a definite <laughs> fear of aging for sure because that's his entire motivation. It's not like he's not. He, you know, he sort of lies and says he's maybe, well, no, he doesn't even lie and say he's trying to do it for the rest. He, at this point, like, as you mentioned, he's like, you know what? This isn't even for other people. You guys can't handle this. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't let this out. This is just for me and my close friends, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, he probably shouldn't have thrown a party, like, the day before he he needed to take that potion so much, or the day after he needed to take that potion so much. Shouldn't you like you know keep a low profile? Well, he's gotta he's gotta keep <laughs> us, his appearances, you know. But the, you know the way I saw it, it's just like you know he's just gonna keep on killing so he can grow his bus collection. Yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> like he's got to keep carting that thing around. He's got to crank oh those goodness. things up and mm-hmm. to his new city. Yep. I mean, he's kind of creating a burden for himself. I think they just did that all the time. It's like, well, here's my piano. Let's take it to London from San Francisco. He is really wealthy from so long yeah. and everything, so he can. I, you know, you always see people that have over, like that have achieved longevity like that as being rich. But I think once it'd be kind of funny to see somebody who's lived like 200 years and they just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> They're still, <laughs> They're still living. 
you know, studio apartment and, you know, that's, like... That's like, um, you know who that is? That's the vampire character from The, uh, the Preacher. Oh! <laughs> What's his name? Cassidy. That's Cassidy, Cassidy yeah. That's pretty preacher, good. Basically. <laughs> Still a screw-up. Oh, yeah, you know, Still a screw-up forever. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, man. All right. All right, so you wanted to talk about something on the wiki? The Christopher Lee page. Read mm-hmm. it out loud. Because it's very... I mean, well, it just details his life, and he had a really... A, he's not dead, though, is he? Yeah, he died recently, uh, unfortunately, just a few years ago, I believe. Well, he had a really impressive life, and then I think to myself, you know, I, I, I would really like to have a similar life. Why don't we read through it, and we can talk about it. Do you have it in notes? I was hoping you could pull it up. Oh, uh, Christopher Lee Wiki. You're just talking about, like, the base Wikipedia. There's just like a quick summary of this. Uh... Oh, let's see. Well, are you talking about like his early life? Are you... Yeah, like because his personal life is really impressive. Like he like was royalty somehow, or like okay. a duke, or a baron. Our... His time, I know that he was like a secret, literally a secret agent in World War II, and uh, did you know secret missions for the government that he can't talk about. And there was a. It, I saw an interview with uh, Peter Jackson where uh, he, Christopher Lee, told him a story, you know, basically implied that he had, like, killed people in super missions and talked about, like, you know, because there was, like, a stabbing scene that wanted to, like... Oh, he wanted to change it? Oh, my God. (laughs) He's like, no, this is actually what happens when somebody gets stabbed in the chest. Well, I heard that, like, his dad or he or, like, either a duke or baron. Is that true? Let's see. He the royal. He's royal there's, there's so much on this wiki. Oh, my gosh. And I, I wonder if, it all, if it's all true. Maybe some of it is made up or about Yeah. And I know that he, um, very late in life, so very recently, he put out, like, a metal album where he did the <laughs> vocals. <laughs> no. And um, just a, it's a fucking full life, you know? And a cool thing, too, before he died, uh, he recorded several uh, commentary tracks for Hammer. They've been doing uh, Blu-ray releases of a lot of the movies, and he recorded commentary tracks for a few of his movies. So that's really cool. And those are really recent. Like he recorded those right before he died. So and he was really tall and handsome. So he was. Oh, was he like the James? Was he the James Bond basis basis for James Bond? So like I I've heard that like I, I don't, don't know if it's accurate. Literally, yeah. But like I think people just compare him. To and he looks kind of tough. Life. He's a spy, and he you know was a oh my god. Can you imagine like what a great cover? You're an actor. Christopher yeah. Lee really like you know assassinate like the. President of like some, some you know, faraway country or nearby country. <laughs> yeah, so looking at this, he had three metal EPs. He had a heavy metal Christmas, a heavy metal Christmas 2, and Metal Knight was the other one. Metal Knight. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's see here. I, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta scroll up because there's, Jesus Christ, there's so much on here. Yeah, maybe it was too much. I figured, like, oh, it's there's fun, but... there's a 
Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think how I can condense this because there is that much to it. Oh yeah, we can give it up too if it's too awkward. Yeah, we can definitely. So we should live. We should try to be more like Christopher Lee. And he played. Uh, he was Gandalf in the That's animated right. Lord oh. of the Rings movie, and then he and then of course. Uh, so- Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, as I say, one of the very few roles that where he actually gets to play a uh, heroic character, a good guy. That's nice. Which he always complained about. Mm-hmm. And then it makes no sense that he was like second second fiddle, that he was like the, the silver medal. Mm-hmm. He was so much better than freaking, you know, Bonet or whatever. He wasn't a big star at that. No, no, I just mean like in the in the story. Yeah. Where I'm like, really? You're not going to go for Grizzly really? Yeah, I was hoping he would be in the movie more. Yeah, uh, that would have been it. He, he kind of appears in the beginning and then more near the end, but he's kind of gone from the middle of the movie for a bit. And he was definitely one of the better aspects of the movie, yeah, for sure. Yeah, agree. Mm-hmm. All right, well, there you go. The man who could cheat death. Absolutely. So uh, next week's episode, we're talking about The Hunger, which was released in 1983. Uh, That one being directed by Tony Scott, uh, which is a, quote, vampire. And I'm going to air quote that because they never actually use the word vampire in the movie at all. Uh, But it definitely is that. Or like she's some sort of alien parasite. You be the judge. You know, it's not really fully explained. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, we'll talk to Hunger for our next episode, but until then, of course, the best thing to do to keep in contact with us is to follow us over on Twitter at HandleWithScare. Of course, you can find all of our video content on our YouTube at HandleWithScarePod. But in the meantime, guys, I hope everyone enjoys their weeks, and we'll see you next week when we wrap up our fear of aging uh, in a more... Erotic ending than uh, the normal. It, it's going to be an interesting one. <laughs>